Disrupt Education vlog can be found on YouTube. To hear it in podcast form, search Disrupt Education on any of the following podcast platforms. Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Breaker, CastBox, Overcast, Radio Public, Pocket Cast, Spotify, or Stitcher. Welcome to this episode of Disrupt Education. Today, I have a co-founder of BitsBox, Aiden Chopra. How are you today? I'm well, thanks. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you so much for being here. Um, tell us a little bit about who you are, and we'll start off with your educational journey since, let's say, high school. Sure. Uh, well, my name is Aiden Chopra. I grew up up in Montreal, Canada. My mom is American and my dad is from India, but I grew up in Canada, so I have this sort of international perspective on things. Um, it was always kind of understood that I was not only going to go to college, but that I was going to go to grad school afterwards. And because of my dad's lack of ability to pay for things, it was also understood that I was going to pay my own way through grad school, that I would get a scholarship or something. It was just sort of unheard of that you would pay list price for education. So that may be relevant to what you're discussing. <laughs> I actually... Uh, thought I wanted to be a scientist, like a like a marine biologist or veterinarian or something, but I did really badly in um, junior college, basically, in Quebec. In fact, I actually failed calculus, too. Uh, and when I was in begging my professor for a passing grade, I was like, I, I want to be a vet. I don't want to be an engineer. I promise I'm not going to design bridges. Like, just pass me and everything will be fine. And he said... Uh, you didn't even... You didn't almost pass. You, like, really failed. And I can't... I can't pass you. And then he pulled out this stack of drawings that I'd made of him like every day of the class because I was on. Uh, I was an art kid who liked science. Um, and he said, you should go to art school. He held these things up. And I said, I can't go to art school. I'm, I'm a scientist. And he said, well, you have a choice. You can either be the worst scientist in your class or you could be the best scientist in your art class. You could be the most scientific artist. And I thought, I like that. <laughs> my dad's an architect, and my mom's a teacher. Um, and so that mix of art and science and logic and, and, and that sort of thing has always appealed to me. So I ended up going to art school. I got a bachelor of jewelry and metalsmithing. I also did a lot of photography and illustration and graphic design. Ended up eventually uh, going to grad school in Houston, Texas at Rice for architecture. Um, and that was really great, except knowing that architecture is a really, really hard discipline. I kind of always had it in my mind that I wasn't going to be a professional architect. I was doing it because I love the study of architecture. But like a lot of professions, there's very little correlation between the study of architecture and the practice of architecture. And I knew that from my dad. So. While I was actually finishing up my thesis back in 2004, I was recruited to come and work at a, a startup in Boulder called SketchUp. It's 3D modeling software for people. Um, and that wasn't my plan, but it was a great offer in a, in a great place with people I really liked. And so I ended up doing that. Uh, and then two years later, we were acquired by Google. Hmm. And I ended up working at Google as a product evangelist. Um, for six years, I would write that Dumbledore worked a little bit on Google Earth and the other Geo stuff. Um, and then after six or eight years of that, my co-founder, Scott Leininger, here at Bitsbox, the company I work on now, um, he was a, a co-worker. And he said, you know, I'm, I'm leaving and I want to teach kids to code. I want them to learn the same way he learned. 
um, back in the early 80s and he wanted me to come with him and I thought about it for like a minute and I was like yeah I want to come that's it. and uh, that was about four or five years ago and here we are when you when you were talking about the the bitbox and and how he learned and then basically building this new brand uh, of coding for young people um, mm -hmm. What what is your take on on education now and and how you're changing it within Bitbox, uh, Bitsbox and and how younger people are learning to code? Um, what does that look like to you? How how does this how does this change the way that we're doing education as a, as opposed to you know like me in a classroom? Well, there, I think there's sort of two things to say about that. Number one is that the whole idea of education through the mail. The idea that you can supplement what your kids are learning through school through a, a, a number of like um, direct mail to order products, more of that, and they tend to have things like nationalized curricula, right? Where everybody in the country is marching forward and doing the same thing. So my kids in fourth grade, your kids in fourth grade, in week thirteen, we know that she's studying this, right? And so there are some really, particularly in like Holland, there's some really interesting products for that. Here we sort of seem to think like, oh, they're going to school, they're getting everything they need, and that's it. Um, unfortunately, that really depends on the school that they're going to and the kind of kid that you have. And so with Bitsbox, it was less actually expressly about here's some fun things for your kids to do. And it's more coding is really important. A lot of us believe that it's a it's sort of an essential literacy skill in the 21st century. Um, and not only do schools not really teach it, for a lot of really compelling reasons. There's not enough time. Teachers don't know how to code, let alone how to teach coding. It's a it's a steep hill to climb. Who um, say what? Everybody's going to learn the violin. So next semester, kids violin. Who's like, well, I don't play the violin. I don't know. How to. It's really coding is just as hard as that. So to expect teachers to just sort of pick it up and start teaching it is unrealistic. And to when you're asked, well, what do we not teach? so that we can teach coding instead. That's a really hard answer as well. I personally don't subscribe to cut a foreign language to teach coding instead. I think they're actually quite different things. And so I don't know what to cut instead. So we've got this problem. And I think the answer might be, let's find a way to teach it outside of school in a way that's much more kind of learner-led. So Bitsbox is a monthly subscription to a set of materials that we come up with. We take you through the principles of computer science through example apps that kids code themselves. And every month we send a new computer science concept with a, a series of projects. Kids go to our website and they type in apps, either right from the recipes that we send or they adapt them or they create their own. It's kind of up to them. Um, and over time they develop kind of uh, literacy for lack of a better word, with this stuff. So whether they decide to become a software developer in the future or they decide to become a ballerina or an astronaut or a veterinarian or a something else, it doesn't really matter. The idea is that we all need to know how this stuff works. It's uh, in a future where there's going to be robots mm -hmm. and a lot of us are going to be working for the robots. It's going to be a lot more fun to be the one who gets to tell the robots what to do. And that's sort of a bleak, it's a bleak way of looking at it, it really is. We don't mean to scare anybody, but if you can't do it at school, and most kids can't, then we hope to be able to let them do it at home too. Do you see that, you know, I realize, you know, you don't wanna substitute out a piece of something to put something else in, and, and that's a very valid point. Um, is there a necessity, though, at one point, do you believe that there's a, there's a time in education, in our formal education, either during, before, or after, 
to actually, you know, this needs to be at the forefront over something else. Do you see any of that? I think, uh, you know, lots of countries have already made that decision. So it's not surprising that the U.S. is a little bit behind the eight ball on that stuff. Um, unfortunately, it tends to be authoritarian regimes that get this before. And I'd rather have my kids not coding than live in one of those places, frankly. But um, where was I going? It's a... Uh, until we get to a point where we're teaching coding for its own sake, the answer is probably to integrate it with other subjects. So the most natural way to do that is probably through math. But there's also some really interesting language arts um, ways into coding. The cool thing about the way that Bitsbox teaches coding and the way that like professional coders program computers is that it involves typing. And there's a certain amount of uh, just you have to get it right. You have to be able to spell. You have to be able to think. It's a very precise sort of discipline. And those skills, the ability to follow instructions, to write instructions, to plan through a project in a logical way, to anticipate outcomes that you might not have initially thought of and then deal with those outcomes, those what we call computational thinking skills are actually really um, relevant to lots of different subjects. So integrating it in the short run and then building something that can stand on its own in the long run, at least in this country, is sort of the plan. Where can people find you in Bitsbox? Uh, well, if you go to bitsbox.com, and that's B-I-T-S-B-O-X.com, um, I'm one of the co-founders there. I don't have a big social media presence. I have two small children. Um, <laughs> And an ego that hasn't needed that yet. I guess I'm sort of too lazy to do anything. I guess you could follow me at Aiden Chober, but I probably have 17 followers on Twitter, and so I never tweet. So you're welcome to to go there. I just never do any of that stuff. Um, we have a pretty active blog at Bitsbox.com, and I sometimes write to that. But it's a really good way to follow what we're thinking and what we're teaching. Um, in my past life at Google at SketchUp, I did a lot of public speaking and a lot of teaching. And so there's some things online that you can find if you Google my name. There aren't that many Irish, Indian, uh, <laughs> Aiden Chopras out there. So luckily, I still have a monopoly on that search uh, engine optimization. And my, my last question is, okay, you're, you're a father. I'm a father. Um, I, I have young children as well. Well, not so young anymore. Just trying not to age myself. Um, <laughs> What advice would you give to somebody who has children of maybe five to 10 years old uh, in the realm of education that is a little bit alternative or looking a little bit different than school? What, what would you tell them? That's interesting. I'm imagining, well, all I can do is do what I think my wife and I have decided to do with our kids, which is to you know, do the typical sort of like educated middle-class parent thing and say, you know what, I don't want them learning a profession. I want them learning a well-rounded group of things that they can be happy when they grow up. Um, and I do think that that's really important. I think that studying the liberal arts is incredibly important. I still think it's more important to be able to read and write well than it is to, to code. I think it's important to have empathy and to be a good person who can listen. Those are more important than technical skills. But I think that if we don't at least introduce our kids to this stuff, um, early on, and that's that's about making a differentiation between good screen time and bad screen time. Um, then then we're sort of doing them a huge disservice. So to simply say you've got an hour of screen time a week or no screen time or something is is sort of like saying food is bad. You know, it's <laughs> the truth is that there's different kinds, um, and we think that being creative by building your own things 
and sharing them with people and learning through doing that, whether you're on Bitsbox or any of the other kind of creative platforms digitally, is good. It's nourishing. It's nutritious. It's nutritious uh, as opposed to watching, you know, unboxing videos on YouTube or something like that. So, my advice to parents with little kids thinking about the future of education is to to do the the sort of three or four R's and to understand that there's a certain amount of technical literacy, not knowing how to type and knowing how the operating system works and stuff like that, but just fundamentally understanding how computers work. Um, and how you can make them do what you want them to do. It's just really, really critical in the future. I don't particularly believe that the current model of post-secondary education is sustainable. I don't know how I'm going to save a million dollars a year for my kid's college. They're seven and three. Um, And so I sort of, I have this personal theory that the colleges are gonna consolidate and most people will go to school online and we'll all go to fun buildings that are more like WeWork campuses to go to school, but at lots of different schools, and you'll pay more for a Harvard degree than a, a you know, Colorado Tech degree or something. Um, but fundamental to all of that is having something that you could eventually leverage into something you can make a living at doing. Uh, and you really want to be using your brain to do that work instead of possibly your back. <laughs> Thank you so much, Aiden, for being with us today on uh, Disrupt Education. Um, we look for pretty cool things coming down the line for Bitsbox. Um, and if anybody wants to find Bitsbox, it's bitsbox.tom. We'll put that up down below. Uh, appreciate it. We're going to watch your journey. Um, and thank you all for listening and watching Disrupt Education. We'll see you next time.